Greetings and welcome, folks, to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Mr. Austin Hartsfield. What's going on, Austin? How was your drive through the great state of Texas today? Yeah, the great is an understatement. Uh, Definitely meaning big, that's for sure. Uh, Between my truck dying halfway through, I mean, we're here. I made it home. Let's go. Yeah. What was it, seven, eight-hour drive you had? Seven and a half. In the same that's, state. That's, uh, we thought we'd bring in a, a Padre prospect to talk to, and uh, Mr. Michael Curry is here. What's going on, Michael? How are you doing this uh, hey, this I'm, evening? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me. Awesome, man. It was great talking to you. Uh, I, you know, I was gathering up some uh, prospect quotes uh, the other day, and you and I uh, talked, and I had a good time uh, interacting with you. And I thought you'd be a great guest for the podcast, and here we are. Yes, yeah, sir. Here we are. Yeah, definitely. It was a Good conversation we had the other day, so I'm looking forward to uh, to today. Fantastic. Okay, so in, in doing some research and looking at uh, your bio and stuff, the first thing that I noticed was that you're born on 4th of July. You had to have had some interesting and some awesome baseball stories throughout the year growing up. Uh, give us your best baseball moment on your birthday. Um, well, that's uh, – well, let me think. You know, It's always funny because I've never really had a – birthday party because you know growing up, <laughs> yeah growing up, i mean starting at nine years old i played you know travel baseball i'm always i played baseball and over the summer i was always gone on the road playing here playing there and you know i think starting at 14 years old i was a part of a really elite uh summer ball team and i was grateful enough to be a part of them and starting 14 years old i just stayed at a house over the summer. So I kind of left, like I left, I was gone away from home, away from parents and friends from, uh, probably from June to like August. And, uh, so there's sometimes growing up really where I didn't even spend birthday with my parents. Cause you know, they couldn't, whoever I was playing a baseball tournament, they couldn't get there in time for the 4th of July to celebrate together. So of course we'd make it up like the next week or something like that. But now, like, like you said, a good memory. Um, let me think here. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think there was one time going back to, uh, the travel ball and amateur in high school. There was a time I think I hit a walk off base hit up the middle. Um, you know, just your generic, awesome baseball moment, but happening on the birthday, you know, we've all seen it. I will say that I, I, uh, (laughs) this past year in Fort Wayne, I wasn't in the lineup on my birthday and I didn't know how to take it. I was like, (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess I don't have to worry about going over four today, so that's kind of yeah. nice. But but then it's like, what's my birthday? It's some birthday magic. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I knew that being uh, on the Fourth of July. I mean, that's just a hotbed for for baseball, especially young amateurs and young kids growing up. So I knew you had to have some moments uh, playing on on your birthday and in and about. Um, let's talk about the fact that you grew up in Georgia, uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, were you a Brave fan growing up by any chance? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like like I said, I know you said you read my bio and it says I'm from Georgia. So here's a backstory I'm sure you didn't realize. My hometown is actually in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, okay. I grew up I grew up in a small town in Murphy, North Carolina. It's really confusing, I know, because you go out there and look on every one of my bios, Gainesville, Georgia, Gainesville, Georgia, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But my hometown and my family, where I'm from, where I, I grew up, is in Murphy, North Carolina. And, you know, of course I come from a small town, so I say that with a lot of pride, but I actually transferred to um, Gainesville high school in Gainesville, Georgia, my junior year, which, you know, me and Michael Geddes, ironically, we played together in high school and now we are a part of the same organization. Um, But so I transferred my junior year to Gainesville high school. And uh, you know, my, my parents, you know, we didn't have enough money just to pick up and rent out an apartment for two years for me to, just go play at a really good high school baseball program. Um, so I, they, they uh, gave up 
legal custody of me and I stayed with, you know, I come from a really good family. It's so no, like no weird, nothing weird yeah. with that. But, <laughs> but, um, um, but no, to make everything legal with, you know, me wanting to go to high school here in the state of Georgia and whatnot, you know, my parents had to give up legal custody of me and I stayed with the family, I guess, quote, my legal guardians, uh, okay. in Gainesville, they, this family, they took me in. I'm, I was really grateful for them. And, and um, uh, I went to Gainesville my junior, senior year, had a blast, was part of one of the top high school programs. And then I graduated from there and went on to Georgia. Um, but yeah, like that's something I think I tried to talk to someone about like, hey, you know, I'd, it'd be nice if you could have Murphy, North Carolina on the scoreboard instead of Gainesville, because that's just something I've always, yeah, you yeah. know, that little, that little hometown pride type thing. But, you know, at the same time, I'm very grateful with the, you know, as far as going through Gainesville and being a part of that program, you know, I've made lifelong friends there and, but you know, it's all paying off. So that makes this next question a little more interesting. Why Athens? Why Georgia? <laughs> Well, you know, I never really, I never really cared where I went to school, you know, wherever I play college ball, you know, some people grow up diehard fans here, diehard fans there, but I was just kind of like, yeah, I just want to go to good school and play, you know, really good college baseball somewhere. And, you know, just so happens like going to Gainesville, University of Georgia was 45 minutes up the road and um, it just kind of, you know, it worked out. And I think me being in state really pushed Georgia because Georgia, they knew, you know, they were aware of me and they see me at tournaments and whatnot. And uh, I was a North Carolina kid. I was out of state and they don't like to recruit a lot out of state. And so being in game, being in games, being in Georgia, that really pushed them. And I just kind of went on a visit because I went on a visit to Tennessee, great facilities didn't really mesh well with the coaches it's not a good vibes with the coaches on the visit but then i came to georgia when before their big renovation um i met the coaches and i just felt at home and you know me and the coaches really hit it off and just felt very comfortable and uh sure enough when i got on campus all the renovations the stadium they all you know looked beautiful so it was all state-of-the-art stuff but uh other than that really just the relationship i had with the coaches right off the bat is what stuck with me and then on top of that, as I discovered through my college career, Athens, Georgia is a pretty awesome place to go to school. SEC baseball, man, I mean, you really can't beat it. What was your, Where was your favorite place outside of Athens to play, and was it somewhere like Bluebell Park in Texas A&M? Because I know those guys are pretty rowdy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, no, they're up there. They're up there for sure. I would say – I think the only place I didn't get to play was Auburn. But I would say that – Outside of Athens, playing at Ole Miss. Ole Miss was wild. Bluebell freshman year, you know, because we actually had a pitcher um, who got to ten balls in a no, row. No, he got ball fived. Yeah, he got <laughs> ball fived, and I remember. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy to be a part of, and that's when Texas A&M they had a really good year that year. They they were unbelievable. But um, but no, I would say Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and I would say LSU is probably. In Arkansas, the top four, right off the top of my head, were that were those were unforgettable times in my college career. Can you explain ball five to people for that don't know what we're talking about? So uh, the pitcher, you threw four straight balls, and all of a sudden, I don't know, Texas, they're genius for coming up with it. It's amazing. It rattles everyone on the field. But he throws four straight balls. So everyone in the stands, they start yelling, "Ball five! Ball five! <laughs> and if the pitcher throws another ball, they start yelling ball six, ball six. I mean, it gets loud. It's pretty crazy. Like I said, I was a part of this pitcher who I think it was 10 or 11 in a row. I remember just catching, like, it started getting to me. It's like, there's nothing we can do. Like, dude, you got to throw a strike. <laughs> like, like, it's like just, everyone on the field starts feeling the pressure. It's like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but no, it can get. Uh, that that was uh, as weird as this sound. It was pretty cool to be a part of that. <laughs> it's uh, it's and it, you know what's crazy is every time I see it happen, the most the, the funniest part of all of it is whenever you do throw a strike and they applaud for you, mm-hmm. yep. and it's just the most demoralizing. You're just like, God dang! Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I'm a Longhorn fan, and we used to go to Bluebell whenever they were whenever they were in the Big Twelve, obviously. But man, that place between that and the ring clinking. That was pretty crazy. How was Vandy? Vandy was, Vandy was You know, I've always had, for some reason, I always had bad experiences. Vandy because it's always cold or it's always rainy. Um, but um, no, Vandy was cool. I mean, it's 
it's a turf field. I mean, I don't think nothing spectacular. The only thing spectacular in Vanderbilt is their pitching staff. Right, but all the time. All the all yeah, the time. Yeah. Every year <laughs> of my career, Vanderbilt's pitching staff. I mean, I still have nightmares about Kyle Wright's slider. Oh, but God. Yeah. But um, but no, that's that's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's they're known to always have dudes on the mound. Uh, did you have a favorite person to catch while you were at Georgia? While I was at Georgia, my favorite person to catch when I did catch, um, I would say, I don't want to say Robert Tyler because he was the ball 11, ball 12, by ball 10 guy. <laughs> um, no offense, Robert, if you ever listen to this. Um, but no, I would say someone who was really competitive was um, Kevin Smith was fun to, Kevin Smith, he's actually finished in double A last year with the Mets. He was fun to catch, you know, me and him were in the same class, so we got to, we got to play a lot our freshman year and uh we had a pretty good it's fun it's always better when you have a good relationship with the guy on the mound it just makes it more competitive and more enjoyable but kevin was always fun to catch that's good stuff man so talk to us a little bit about the the conversion from catching to the outfield and and how yeah. that happened and and, <laughs> and just in just in, yeah. in that that story if you will oh, oh yeah absolutely i know maybe i don't know maybe you thought it was going to be a touchy subject and i know some people like to shy away from it but yeah i caught i started catching a freshman in high school and i caught it got me to georgia but i was struck by the thing as you can imagine i got the yips behind <laughs> um behind the plate and you know it was i will say like getting the yips as a catcher behind the plate was probably one of the most insane things I've ever been through and experienced but a part of me like I really truthfully don't believe I'd be who I am today and go about my business the way I do today if I didn't go through that yeah but, uh, yeah. but now I'll so well, it's, describe a little bit what what the yips are to, to the the novice baseball yeah. well, listener some, yeah it's scary it's always I, I read a comment one thing said if you want to clear out a baseball clubhouse say the yips <laughs> But uh, no, it's something. I'll tell you what. It's something I would never wish upon anyone. But it's pretty much. I can. People have their different experiences. Some say it happened to them by a bad throw, or you know, an arm injury started bad mechanic. Whatever. It's just you lose. Essentially, you lose your feel. You lose your touch of throwing the baseball. And I. So like, what my case. I would say I kind of compared to imagine waking up and forgetting how to write your name. It's kind of what happened to me. It's a pretty scary thought, I know. Well, yeah. I lived it. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, uh, so like I said, I was always a catch. The reason I started catching as a freshman in high school is because I had a really short arm action and I had a strong arm. I was one of the, I was always that kid, like in tournaments, like, hey, that Curry kid's on the mound, let's go watch him throw. Cause I threw, and, I, and so, and I had a short, stocky build, and they were like, hey, you want to try catching? And I, I kind of was a natural back there. And, um, well, I caught and pitched a lot. So my, like I said, I always think back and like, what could it, you know, because there's no answer to it. You know, and there's little things that people can find band-aids and fix it. But like, I always think back, like what did it for me? And I, and I, till this day, I want to believe that like, I always played with a sore arm and I think I just created bad habits throwing the ball back to the pitcher. And sure enough, everything just spiraled. But, um, it was the weirdest thing, man. I was like a junior in high school and I went down, it was a fall tournament in Fort Myers, Florida went down to the bullpen. I was going to go in the game with this pitcher, and I just stood up and threw it back, and it just felt so weird out of my hand. No pain or anything. I think I like short hopped it, but that didn't bother me. And I was like, "Whoa, that didn't feel right out of the hand." And I did it again, and sure enough, I didn't know what this thing was, and I was like, "What's going on with me? I can't throw the ball anymore." And uh, so, uh, whatever. So from that point in my junior and senior year of high school, I found band aids. Like I, I used to always be the catcher who would get it and pop it back to the pitcher, like throw it harder back than he threw it to me you know because i like to show off my arm but then i went to like a lollipop you know i just kind of push it back to the pitcher you know because that was my band-aid but i was fluid with it and sure it got me recruited it got me a scholarship to play georgia and um then my freshman year my freshman year is kind of when i made a mountain out of an anthill if you say my freshman fall was one day i kind of i felt it more than normal i went to the coach i said hey i really want to fix this issue and he told me he said it wasn't that big of a deal and i wasn't going to say anything to you because it didn't affect anything but sure enough as i said someone who has it, you think about it every throw and um but from that day on it just kind of snowballed and i hey i'm i'm still like i email barstool every once in a while asking for a shirt I, <laughs> I, uh, no, I got famous, yeah. I got famous some residuals barstool. or something right <laughs> yeah 
but I no, I my yeah, my freshman year I got a I got a someone put me on blast. I got viral on Barstool, sure enough. But um yeah, I went 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 through all that, man, just lived it. Wouldn't wish it upon anyone and and I went through my freshman summer trying to find band-aids, caught, worked at it. Came back sophomore year, couldn't do it, struggled, just that's when I started DHing most of my college career and then went to the Cape my sophomore summer before my junior year. And the thing about the Cape is if you don't produce or if you don't, you know, they'll get you out of there. It's one of the most competitive summer leagues in college baseball. And I remember I told the guy, I said, look, I'm going to put up offensive numbers for you, but you need to keep me here. I need you. You know, I want your help to work for my throwing. And sure enough, I was a Cape all-star. I led the league in on base. had a great campaign offensively, defensively, did my drills because I was at a point where I thought, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be mechanics. Like, cause I, you know, I can talk with, to anyone about it. Like I didn't, you know, a lot of people kind of shy away from it, but I was, I embraced it, you know? And, uh, so I wanted to believe that it was mechanics and spent all summer doing these drills and sure enough, I went back to Georgia and I guess relapse if you would, <laughs> and just, and, and it just <laughs> never carried and carried over. And, um, but, and I always said, if I just had half the confidence I did at the plate behind the plate, I would be in a very good place right now. But you know what? I mean, coming to my junior year, things happen for a reason. Uh, I made the out, made this transition outfield simply because I, I mean, I was aware, like, hey, I'm not going to be catching a lot. I know I'll be DHing, but my junior year, I got a chance to get drafted. Let's let's try to make myself somewhat valuable, other than just a hitter. And you know, I just started playing around with it, and coach said, yeah, let's 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 do that. And I think it was the best move possible because i mean I, I it's like i found a new new love for baseball if you will and because going through that man is it's some low times i mean i remember my freshman year i'd had like a good three for four day at the plate but i would just go back to my dorm room and just devastated because i couldn't throw the ball back like it yeah i had some battles with it there's no doubt and like i said that's why i would never i don't want to i hate to see anyone like I, I, that's one thing i would never wish upon anyone man it's yeah. limited to yeah. that but it's it's a great thing though. Like I think because I've I've never had so much fun playing baseball. Like, it's so I guess because I come from a position as catcher that's so strenuous to playing somewhere like outfield. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Uh, and it's going. Like, oh, it's just a weird thing because in the outfield, balls off the wall, balls at me, everything happens so quick. You just chuck it. It's normal. It's kind of like Rick and Keel. You know, you put him in right field, he goes right. strike the home. Put him on yeah. the ground, not even close. So it's just yeah. It was a bizarre experience, but like I said, I don't think I'd be the person I am today if I didn't go through that. And so that's that's that story. <laughs> it's wonderful that you've embraced it, though, and that you've kind of used it as a mental challenge and kind of get yourself better because the game's 100% mental and, and you got to go through the adversity. And, and it's just unfortunate that it was something simple like this that, that kind of brought you down. But you're, you're moving forward. And that's the most important thing, right? Right. Hey, bottom line, and I always tell my little brother this, he's in college at Young Harris right now, and I always tell him, look, man, if you hit, you play. I am the prime yeah. example. I DH'd my sophomore and junior year, and somehow I'm in professional baseball. <laughs> I was always <laughs> joke with them. Like, hey, if you hit, you play, brother. I promise. So, you know, you kind of touched on the Cape. I don't think people realize what a unique experience that is. You talked about how competitive it was, but can you kind of describe what a week in the Cape is like as a player? Um, you know, it's funny. You'll ask anyone. They always say it's the best time of their life. And it was, it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, I, uh, a week in the Cape, man, you just, it, it, all the towns, everything's fairly close to traveling's a breeze, but like everyone that you wake up, you go hang out with the guys, go get some lunch, go to the field. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, fields didn't have lights, so you play early and you get the whole evening. A lot of us go hang out somewhere, like whatever. It, I mean, I, it was literally it's just because me, like I didn't do classes, which I kind of regret. I didn't do classes in the summer, which made it a whole lot better. But I, you just wake up. You, I remember my my best experience there was I remember the first day I was out there shagging, and you can smell like the ocean water in the air it's pretty cool and like just to know like you're here playing baseball with like the top guys in college baseball it's it's very fun so i mean it's just imagine just waking up every day next to a beach and going to play baseball with going to play really good baseball in front of a lot of scouts in front of poor people and i don't know just having a blast man that was it was really fun and everyone in the community comes out watches the game it's it's really cool 
when you're all there for one reason. I mean, you're some of the best college baseball players in the world, and you're just trying to get better. And it's just, it's so different from everything else that you could possibly be doing. It's it's kind of insane, right? Yeah, it really is. And like, yeah, we're all there because, A, it's summer ball. We all have something to work on. We all want to, you know, improve our game. But B, to know that you can be a part of the Cape League, like, you know, it's it's elite. It's like, it's almost like an honor, you know, especially knowing like the opportunity you had to play in, in front of a ton of scouts and like the opportunity just to see where you stand amongst the best in the, you know, best in the country. And it was, uh, no, it was, it was really cool. You have a favorite story from the Cape at all? Oh man. Hitting a home run in the all-star game. Oh yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> Pimping it. That's the key. <laughs> That's listen. I mean, now pro ball, you can't pimp as much. I mean, you know, just because it's pro ball, but, uh, no, I would say all-star game, lot be at first getting selected you know i will say though we because the day because everyone on the cape every team and coaches they meet in this big like gymnasium type thing and like that's when they they have like these major league baseball scouting talks and then at the end they'll announce the all-star teams and um and that day because i remember i saw i got selected as dh utility player the all-star east or whatever the all-star team I remember that day, honestly, I want to say it was kind of a turning point in my career mentally because I kind of remember just thinking to myself, like, you know what? I am that good. Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't be one of the best hitters in the country. I can, you know, yeah, I got my struggles defensively, but, like, hey, I can hit. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of an eye-opener to me, like, you know what? Like, I'm a lot better than I think I am. And in a humbling sense, I know that may came off wrong, but, like, it was kind of like that confidence – I needed at that point in my career it's like wow you know what like I'm I'm good like I can hang with the best like take that and run with it you know what I mean like so yeah, I really absolutely. I would say that like I would say that was probably one of the best days that and hitting and then of course going to the all-star game and you know showing in a sense of hey I can be one of the best hitters in this league you know and so it was kind of a real momentum shift in my confidence and that was that 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 time on the Cape that really kind of swung my mental approach to how I take care of my business. Did it did it feel awesome. like middle school all over again, checking to see if your name was on the list? Well, I mean, we were just sitting there and they just kind of like posted it and announced it, announced everyone on the team. I was like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> like, oh, that's kinda, that's kind of cool. Because I mean, I didn't know. Like, I mean, I would write down them. Like, I kept a journal that summer as far as like keeping track of what I did each at bat and stuff like that and i knew i was doing all right but i mean i just i guess when i got selected i was like oh okay cool <laughs> nice nice so you so you're performing well at the cape league you're performing well at university of georgia talk to us about the 2018 draft and being selected by the padres and your first your initial reaction of the padres and did they show any interest in you prior to that or how how much interest had you seen from san diego prior to that um, no, you know, I was never really a big prospect or a big talent out of high school. And as far as, um, going to my junior year, everyone knew I could hit everyone. Like I had scout meetings and stuff like that in the fall. And, you know, they told me like, Hey, we know you can hit. And they, and then luckily they saw me that fall play, you know, play a little outfield, which really helped me. And, uh, so maybe just a couple scout meetings, but as far as the draft, man, the draft is pretty, it's a pretty bizarre thing to be a part of. And, it's so funny. Like I try to tell some of my, you know, some of my guys when I come back to Georgia and train, I run into some of my buddies who are about to enter the draft, and I tell them like, I promise you, man, like the draft is gonna be one of the most craziest things you've ever ever been a part of because you're gonna realize about a month or two into pro ball, that stuff's over. With. Like it doesn't matter. Like it don't matter where you got drafted. It's just you gotta perform. And um, but as far as going through the draft and the Padres, I just never. To be honest with you. Yeah, I had I had one scout meeting with him in the fall, and like then I remember my advisor like texted me, "Hey, heads up, the Padres might draft you." I was like, "But the Pod, okay." Number one, <laughs> they're they're an NL team, and I'm like, "Dude, I DA's for two years in college. What do you mean an NL team's about to draft me?" But but yeah, uh, yeah. But, but no, they uh, but, but they um no, they drafted me in the 16th round, and it was really you know, I it was really cool. So I got drafted. I of course I took it and um. 
I don't regret it a bit. And I got, I got out to Arizona. First time I ever flew out West that far, seeing Arizona. And I remember wow. Wow. I landed in the airport and I looked outside to do, there's no grass. Where's the grass? At <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but no, I think, um, no, I'm, I love it, man. I'm a Padre. It's pretty awesome. I'm in my professional career. I'm living out my dream. So, uh, I'm very grateful for this. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you, you mentioned your 16th round pick. Um, you hit it off with a, with another 16th round pick, uh, J- Joey Cantillo. Uh, give me a little bit about how you guys have that chip on your shoulder. And, and you mentioned it earlier that it really doesn't matter where you're drafted because you're all grouped together and you're all put together and you're all thrown into that proverbial ocean together to sink or swim. And it doesn't really matter where you drafted. So give me, give me a little bit about just the interaction with Cantillo and the fact that you're a 16th round pick. Right. Well, to a certain extent, in a certain time frame, it it matters. I guess you could say, kind of. Yeah. But I guess to touch on all this, um, for me and Joey, we you know not that we go in depth about, it, but we kind of talk about it every now and then. It's like, yeah, we know we always got to go out there. Like we got something to prove. You know, we're not we're not big. You know, we're not big money guys. We're not big investment like for them. But like, we we got the opportunity, and that's kind of we we always take it like the opportunity is all we need, and. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like that chip on my shoulder, so I've never got to experience. So th- I went through my first full year this year and uh, you learn a lot as far as I think what people misunderstand is that baseball, major league baseball, it's a business. It's just like, you know, some business up the street. Like it, it's a business. It's a very, very big business, but things, you know, there's money involved. Like it's, there's a certain investment in certain people that are going to get their opportunity. And like I said, I got to kind of get a real good taste of that in my first full year because being a 16th rounder, you know, you're kind of like, there's obviously outfielders and guys drafted ahead of you that they invested more in and they're going to get their chance before you, especially in your first year, because that's simply, that's business, you know? <laughs> and uh, right, so I kind of had a, I had to swallow some tough pills throughout this year. You know, I had to put on a really good campaign and, uh, in spring training, hit three home runs, played a solid defense, and you know I was told like, hey, you know, these guys drafted heavy, you got to get their chance yeah. first, and you're going to be extended. How, how tough is that? Did, did did AC talk to you about that? Did he did he bring you in the kind of his office and kind of lay down the the just the groundwork of how that works, or do you kind of just kind of figure that out for yourself? Or uh, you know, it, it is the well, business you, side like, of the game. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, like you, like. A, I was actually talking to my head coach here at Georgia about it yesterday because I was out there getting ready to do pop flies or whatever. And I told him, I said, you know, you hear about it growing up, you hear like about, Oh, the business, the whatever, like, you know, the favorite, I don't want to say favoritism, but like priorities of some people. They're invested. Yeah. You always hear about it, but once you're in it and you experience it and then it's like, Oh, I see now, but like kind of, so I guess when you say about me and AC, me and AC had a brief conversation, I guess when I first went up to Fort Wayne and they sent me down. So like I said, I didn't break camp for, and a lot of people were shocked that I didn't break camp, which that, what I, that I took that to heart because about midway through spring training, I realized like, okay, it looks like I'm going to end up not breaking camp. Well, I'm going to do everything in my power to make make it look silly that I didn't break camp, you know, just type of that, that, that type of mental approach I took to it. And sure enough, like had a great spring. Everyone was shocked, like why is Curry and extended? And um, then the guy, you know, the front office, they told me, they said, you know, you're not going to be here long. Just keep doing your thing. We see, how, we know you can hit, just stick with us, whatever. And a week and a half later, they say, Hey, you're going to go up to Fort Wayne. Congratulations. So I'm thinking, okay, here I go. I'm going to get my season started. And, uh, I get up there, I come to find out I'm only up there because a certain player got put on the injured, you know, the injured list. He's down for a week and they needed a bat up there, which I didn't care because I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to take advantage of it. I think in my first, uh, my first game, I hit a home run. I think I, that, and I kind of like got complacent. I'll admit, I got really complacent. I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Like, I'm chilling. They'll send someone else down. Like, I'm here to stay. And uh, I think I got a hit the next day and I went on like a, two for maybe 14 or 15 stretch and i played in four games got 16 at bats and uh they called me in after that after the eight game stretch and they said hey we got to make room for so and so on the roster we're going to send you back down to arizona and 
I was pretty fired up about that. Um, yeah. You know, there's, we had, we conversated about it and AC was like, look, man, I've been in your shoes. I get it. You just got to be professional, do your thing. Just don't, don't change. And so I stuck to it, went back to Arizona, dead, still just hitting the ball, working on my defense and whatnot. And then I finally, an official move was made. Someone was let go in Fort Wayne and I came in and took the spot and I just never looked back. But like going through that, I'm so happy I experienced that because I don't think I've ever played with a bigger chip on my shoulder after going through all that, just to know, cause you learn, you know how the business works now. Like there's more to it than just going to hit a baseball, going to throw a baseball. Like, yes. Yes. So you know, and that's what people don't understand outside of it, you know? No. And, uh, but like going through that, like I've never played with so much determination, like in my career. And I, and still like every day, like when I work out, that's something I constantly, I constantly feel, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. Like I'm, I wouldn't want my first full season to go any other way. You know, I got to experience like how it works, not being, you know, not being a dude in the top rounds, not being a money guy. Like, Hey, I get all that, but I got the opportunity I needed and I took advantage of it. And I'm just trying to take it and run with it. So you got to play with coach Matthews as your hitting coach in Fort Wayne. You know, what was that experience like with him and kind of what's his philosophy and how hands-on is he as a coach? He is probably one of my favorite dudes in the Padre organization because he uh, nice. he is very uh, he's, he's about mentality is about a pro like me when I hit I don't think mechanics I compete I'm very competitive and I just because I'm a big believer in like you can have a crappy swing and still bat 300 it's just all about your approach your mentality and that's all, all Matthew's preach and of course there may be mechanical issues he may touch on but like he's not going to preach on mechanics and you, know, you can go on Instagram and see all these hitting coaches think they have the newest you know they're recreating the wheel of hitting when no when it comes down to it how competitive are you in the box it's a one-on-one mentality and you just don't get beat by the pitcher and that's kind of what Matthew's preached and I was very grateful to have him there this season because it's actually he was very similar to my hitting coach in um in college and that's why i think probably why we hit it off so well because i didn't really know what approach was or anything like that when i got to college and you know i just thought hey go see ball hit ball when yes it's nice to keep it that simple but there's certain approaches and mentalities you need to have as you mature as a professional hitter and just having all those resources matthews was great in that field and i think it's one of the key success to hitting you know what's crazy is, uh, you know, I obviously Ivan Castillo and Amarillo. I asked him about Coach Padron, who I got to talk to a lot this year, and he said the exact same thing. You know, and one of the Coach Padron's big things is like you literally. I think the I think the quote was, "You could have the worst swing in the world, but if you put together good at bats and put yourself in good counts, nothing else matters." You know, but yeah. you know how how important is putting together good at bats for you and is that something that you take really good pride in obviously your obp is so high so you you do it consistently right no i think um you know i try not to get too caught like because i know with the padres you know we have certain things that you know we have certain organizational things that we look for in hitting and stuff like that and as much as you know you want to focus and be at the top of the list and all those um it just comes down to, you know, put the ball, hit, put the bat on the ball, like put, you know, hit it hard somewhere. That's something like, that's something I kind of live by. Like if you're hitting the ball hard, everything else will take care of itself. And uh, yeah. And I think a lot of times, like, and I see it, you see it. Some guys buy into the mechanics, you know, if that's you, if that's how you go about your hitting, like, so be it. But that's, I don't know, like so many guys get wrapped around mechanics and I want to say like, I don't mean to like whatever, but it's just it's all it starts between the years, man. It's 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 all in the head. Like you just have to have a competitive mentality when it comes to hitting. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of in, in the head and the mental side of the game, describe for the listeners a little bit about the grind of the full season ball and the bus rides and the travel time and and just the the monotony that you go through as a minor leaguer. Uh, that most people, again, don't really realize is how much of a grind it is. And there's really no other better word to put it than grind. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you say that because 
before I got to pro ball, you know, I had guys in pro ball and they would always say, oh man, it's a grind. And I'd be like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I used to hate hate that word. I was like, grind, come on, dude. And then when you get a part of it, you realize they literally the only word that can describe what we go through 140 days out of the year is, is grind. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you're literally grinding through days, especially when we hit those dog days of the summer. If you, you know, you just get through, you just do what you got to do to get through the day. And it's funny because we actually on like minor league grinders, Instagram account, we were able, I was, I like kind of, wait, I guess you journaled the whole, or like clipped the whole like 48 hours that we went through because we were like at Lansing, one of our shorter bus rides this year two-hour bus ride uh we had like a seven o'clock game on getaway day we play get sober we got on the bus like at 12 or like 11 and you know we got a game the next day at like seven or whatever you got to be at the field at two and uh so it's a short bus ride we'll get back by two get some sleep get up and go but it turns out that shortest bus ride of the season turned out to be like the longest night of our life because our bus broke down and we were sitting in a love in a loves gas station for like three hours knowing that we're literally 50 minutes away from our beds so we get and i documented the the whole thing and sent to my drivers and i think they ended up posting it on their instagram but i think we ended up getting in bed i got in my bed at like 5 a.m and we had to be at the field at two the next day so we got up i don't know at like 12 and got ready and got to the thing we had to get some food so you probably go grab something very unhealthy, like I don't know, like panda or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, there's like, no other alternative, right? Get to the field, get ready to play again. You know, it's just like I think that's the and not even I know it's kind of a hot topic, but not even to like bring up like the pay we get to do all this. Yes. But like, you know, yes. and I think that's where people like don't understand. It's like, oh, professional athlete, you're oh man, whatever, you're going playing ball, you're getting paid. No, 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 no. You <laughs> working up there, you're making a lot more money than I'm making. <laughs> like yeah. But now, and I hate to be the guy to like complain about, oh, we're not getting paid enough, whatever. But at the end of the day, dude, we're playing baseball. You know, like we, we, if our, if our worry, if our, what we're mad about is, God, we're getting in bed at 5 a.m., got to be a field of two. I think I can, I think I'll be okay. Like I can live with that and get, you know what I mean? Like perspective, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like at the end of, I know it sucks. I know like with the pay and everything, like, sure. Like I know guys have their bit different views on it. Like, but at the end of the day, hey, I'm living a pretty cool lifestyle that not many people get to live. And I'm playing baseball, getting paid to play a sport I played at two years old. Like, it's it's a pretty cool lifestyle to live right now in my life. Well, you talked about, you, obviously, you just talked about, you know, going through the dog days of summer. How hard is it to take care of yourself? You know, you talked about the food. I feel like that would be something pretty difficult. Did, I mean, whether it's keeping weight on, eating right. Just kind of describe that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to describe, really. Um, <laughs> it's just because it, it's crazy because you know when that last out happens, it's always like this sense. I don't want to say relief, but it's like an accomplishment. Like, holy crap, I just did that. You know, like every season, like, and uh, um, but no, it, it can be challenging, man. It's just a matter of you know what are your priorities. You know, some guys may want to you know go out and enjoy the nightlife and, you know, not care about getting their sleep. And, you know I mean? Like, it's just all about yeah. your priorities and yeah. what, you know, how good do you want to feel? <laughs> like, um, but, <laughs> but no, it, it can be challenging for sure. And I, I think nutrition and sleep is obviously anyone's life is very important. And that's the same goes for us, man, especially on those bus rides. You just got to find a way to get your sleep, got to find a way to get some decent food in you. But yeah, yeah. those, those Fort, Fort Wayne, Indiana nightlife's uh, lifestyle can be rough, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, to be honest with you, that's never part of it. Um, thank you for the time. We we got a couple more. I know we're we're running a little over, but you're you're providing us with some some great stuff here, Michael. Thank you yeah, so much for the time again. Um, let's move on to some teammates, if you will. Uh, I'd love to get your impression. Uh, you and I briefly talked about Ryan Weathers uh, and the fact that he had to deal with a lot of adversity and how how much he impressed you with the fact that he was able to come back from some adversity this season in, in, in uh, Fort Wayne, give, give us a little bit about Mr. Weathers, if you will. Yeah, Ryan, he, you know, we actually kind of built a pretty good friendship going through this season. And, uh, you know, I kind of like I touched base with you earlier about it is it's funny to see these high school guys because 
the adversity, now someone like Ryan Weathers and the spotlight he's on, the adversity he's going to go through is going to be a lot more inflated than if you were to go to college, you know, because that adversity, all these kids out of college, they went through their freshman year, their sophomore, they, they, they'd been through the adversity. But like a kid out of high school that young with that much, I want to say, pressure, you know, it, you know, it can be hard for a kid. Like those type of guys, they face a different level of pressure. And I give them the most respect, you know, especially the way Ryan handled it uh, this year because, you know, he started out hot and I think he hit a little, a little roadblock and, um, but he ended up finishing the season really strong. And just like I said, being in the clubhouse with him and um, just seeing how he was able to go about his business as he, you know, was going through that adversity, going through this rough patch and to come, come out on the, the brighter side at the end of finishing strong. And um, it was really encouraging, especially for like the Padres organization to know that, you know, they, they got a kid who grew up a lot this year and who's obviously going to have a bright future and, uh, you know, getting to room with him a lot. I was able to talk to him a lot about things and, put things in perspective because like you know and it's so weird it can be hard sometimes talking player to player because you know it's like do whatever do you yeah. a player but like me and ryan were able to kind of have those conversations and uh you know he just he, he gets it you know and, and i can tell like i'm able to relate with him like look dude you want to talk about you want to talk about adversity like i get it like you're talking to a kid who struck out 61 times and walked 11 his freshman year and made it famous on Barstool, like, bro, I can go all day with you on adversity. <laughs> like, so I yeah. was able to relate to him a lot about things, and, you know, he, he grew a lot. And that's what people need to understand, that, you know, Ryan Weathers, number one overall pick, he needs to go out there throwing 95 every game and throwing seven innings yeah. score. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 this kid's yeah. human, man. Like, he's going to – It's a process. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he's only, like, 18, 19 years old, man. Like, yes. So, but like I said, he, know, he knows all that. He's aware of it. But to see how – he handled it and got over it and finished the season strong. This should be really encouraging to a lot of people. And it was really exciting to see him go through that because like I said, I'm a little older, but you know, I've seen guys and I've been through college and I've seen guys go through adversity and not handle it very well and end up ending their career. But like Ryan, you know, that kind of falls into why he is who he is and where, why he got picked where he is, because maybe that's what they saw. They saw that maturity in him. They saw him, being able to handle the adversity he was going to face because it's going to happen. We're all going to yeah. face adversity. You know, it's just a matter matter of, you know, how do you handle it? And so, yeah. but no, Ryan, uh, Ryan's on the path to something very special and especially having his dad there, you know, every step of the way, um, really encouraging. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point about him being a high school player and, and the fact that he didn't have to deal with the adversity that collegiate athletes and, 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 players that are older have to deal with you know i'm sure he dominated in high school he did dominate in high school so it's it's tough when you when you go to professional baseball and everyone around is you is dominated in high school so it's it's, uh, right. it's again we're talking about that mental aspect of the game which is so strong and so underrated um i'm waiting for for statcast to develop a, a mental <laughs> a mental aspect uh degree or something yeah. but uh, um let's let's transition into uh the, a lot of Latino players in the Padres system, uh, a few in, in Fort Wayne. Uh, how's your Spanish? Are you, are you learning some Spanish here and there? Uh, uh, no, you know, you, you try. You know, I think I've, learned, I've picked up maybe a little bit, but maybe not the – of course, it's the, the Spanish, you know, like whenever we learn a new language, what do we want, what do we want to learn first? The bad words, right? So, obviously <laughs> – yeah. so, so, yeah, maybe some of that. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's cool. Like – it's uh you know I, I like hanging out with some of the latino guys and you know of course we all share a clubhouse it's awesome I, I i personally love it just you know exposing i always ask a lot of questions about their culture where they're from because awesome you know awesome. you know that's just kind of got i'm really interested in that stuff and um it's fun man it's fun being around those guys really they're super fun and you know the but, energy that they bring is and just the passion that they have for the game yeah. can be infectious and, and that's it's awesome that you're you're wanting to learn more about their culture and stuff yeah absolutely i mean they're yeah they're blah i mean there's uh one of my buddies actually sadly puerto rican guy got released this year but i mean him, like you just build these friendships and i think a lot of people especially i would say from the states if you will like going into pro ball because you, you always oh a lot of latin guys a lot of latin guys and they almost go in it with like a like a timid or a negative approach. Like, oh, there's so many Latins. Like, no, like talk to these kids. Like these guys have more pride yeah. in everything they do than probably half the, 
American kids in the league because like this is their livelihood and you know and it's so cool that's when i always pick at their brains like me and omar cruz we'd talk a lot or me and uh me and freaking uh henry oh henry henry <laughs> me and henry henry there's still time henry henry will go live on instagram and i just click on it and always mess with him and stuff. <laughs> but no it's really cool building a relationship you know expanding your culture and stuff like that and uh it's a blast to be, be surrounded by that you know <clears throat> sorry my bad uh is there a teammate whose approach to the game has really, really impressed you? Is there one that specifically stands out? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, Owen Miller. Owen Miller's probably – I was going to say Xavier Edwards, which he's another guy, but when I, when I think about it, Owen Miller was – like I got to play with him in Tri-Cities while he was there, and me and some of the guys, you know, we talked – about him and it's like dude it's i've never seen someone like not care but care like it's, right? it's like he like dude, what about it like he just doesn't <laughs> care but like he's so yeah. good it's incredible like like the way he carried himself and like he just he did we like he knew himself as a ball player and like he did his stuff he didn't really care what people had to say he didn't really like he was just he, when you watch him play you listen to him talk like it's like does this guy care at all what he's doing? Does this guy realize that like he's in double A his first full season of Pro Bowl? Does, killing he, does it. he not? Yeah, and he's like a double A also. So does he not realize like how great he is? <laughs> like he's just like he doesn't realize how good he's playing, how great, you know, whatever. It's just that's it's pretty impressive to watch how he just stays cool the whole time. It's like ice in his veins, man. He's just chill about everything. It's like he just doesn't care and it's like because he knows like he knows he's going to get a hit again he knows he's going to make an awesome play and he was very fun to you know be with and watch so him and i would say xavier edwards xavier he he just like another I, maybe that's the key just act like you don't care and you yeah owen's like uncrackable like i yeah, interviewed exactly. owen probably 12 times and i was like play a game in my head to try to get at least like maybe 10 words a question and <laughs> very rarely, yeah. man. He's just yeah. I like, do you understand that you're good? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, man, I don't know what daydream you're in or whatever, but like, you're kind of like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went from talking to Owen to talking to Luis Patino, and I was just like, okay, this is what they're <laughs> supposed to sound like. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's so awesome. let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about your passion for the game, Michael. You, you obviously love the game. You've played it at a very young age, um, you know, left home, you know, g- give me a little bit about the love of the game that you have and, and just the passion for, for the sport of baseball. Yeah. You know, I would definitely say I have a passion for it. And, um, I was, I would say one thing that I'm very grateful for is, um, going to college. <laughs> I know that may sound biased okay. or whatnot, but okay. Because in high school, it was baseball or die. It was it for me. Baseball. I, oh, I got to get track. I got to, you know, and like I said, yes, I do have a passion for baseball, but I like to look at it as, you know, baseball, it's what I do. It's not who I am type thing. And I think college helped me mature and realize like, hey, it isn't baseball or life. Like there's more to life. There's, you know, it's okay if this doesn't work out, like give it your best shot. Like, so this is kind of my approach as I've, I've gone into pro ball. It's like, you know what? There's so much luck and so much timing involved to make it to the big leagues. So if I'm meant to be a big leaguer, then it'll. I'm meant to be a big leaguer. Then it'll be. If you know what I mean. If it's meant to yeah, be, it'll yeah. be. Because there's so much luck, so much timing involved, and you know, not, that's not to say I'm not going to work hard and all that. Like, of course, I'm going to put my work and I'm going to give it my best shot. But you know, at the end of the day, like, I won't have any regrets, and I know that because I'm a guy. Yeah. Who don't, I don't live. You know, no regrets. Not a single letter. <laughs> just like the movie. I don't know if you caught up with that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, uh, no, I just, that's the way I look at it. It's like, it's what I do. It's not who I am. I'm like before baseball, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a fiance, I'm a brother, I'm a son, you know, and a lot of people have their yeah. different approaches yeah. to it, but that, I just kind of go about it like that. Like, Hey, I got one chance to live out this awesome lifestyle and just give it my best shot. You know, if it works out great, if not, then okay. And you know, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, um, she'll probably get a kick out of it. my fiance now, my now fiance for about a month and a half now. Um, congratulations. She, we've been, thank you. We've been together for six years. So she saw me through high school, saw wow, me through, through college. Awesome. Like, so, awesome. and, I, and I give a lot of credit to her because she's 
she she'll put me in my place like she and she's kind of <laughs> opened she's like opened my eyes in a sense like hey like baseball so you know there's more to life to baseball like it, i don't know she's been a huge support for me and you know she actually you know just like i said going through high school going through college like having her there you know she's here at georgia so like she's been a huge support and uh but yeah man and that's just kind of the way i go about it like some for some guys it's like i gotta do this i gotta do this like, yeah of course like we all want to do it but like hey sometimes i'm a huge believer in things happen for a reason and yeah. like i said like if it's meant to be it'll be but at the end of the day i'm just gonna go I'm gonna enjoy it. You know, I'm not gonna stress myself out. Of course, you know, go for 0 for 20 stretches, and you're gonna get stressed out. I get it. But but like yeah. to find the joy and just like understand like, like just enjoy it. Like this is a really cool lifestyle you live in. Just if it's meant to be, it'll be. Just go out, have fun, work hard, and give it your best shot. And that's kind of how I go about it. Just just stay even keel, right? Stay like Owen Miller. Just to, just yeah, to, yeah, in like, a sense. But obviously. If I could just play like Owen Miller, that would make things yeah. a lot more cooler. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, a lot of people wish for that. Thank you so much for the time, Michael. We we really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I know that uh, you you kind of went out a little your way to, to talk to us uh, on a holiday week. We appreciate that so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, let, no us know, let us know if there's if there's anything uh, that you'd like for us to get out communicated uh, about you. We we love. I love the the personality and the mentality that you bring being an older prospect and that will do well for a lot of the, the younger players around you. And I think you have a very high upside and, and I'm just, I, I'm, we can all hope and pray that you get the opportunity and, and we're able to take advantage of it when it comes. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. I appreciate you guys having me. No problem. Man. Thank you so much. See you in person this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a good chance that uh, that Austin will see you in Amarillo, so that yeah, that's something definitely to look forward to. Uh, but not before. Well, maybe I'll, I'll see you in Lake Elsinore. We, we can always hope that you jump a a, a a league, right? Yeah. Oh, you can only hope. But hey, listen, I know about yeah. as much as you guys, so we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, again, thank you so much for the time. Have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you guys. All right, folks. There you go, Michael Curry, San Diego Padres outfield prospect. Uh, we will be right back after a short break. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Uh, episode 115 is in the books. Uh, that was a pretty pretty interesting interview with Michael Curry. I love the fact that he was pretty candid about everything and anything. What do you say, Austin? Easily the most genuine, especially when it came to talking about the yips, talking about Cape Cod League, yeah. the transition from yeah. catcher. He was just yeah. ab- absolutely genuine. And, of course, the Owen Miller uh, the Owen Miller talk made me laugh too. Yeah, it's it's great to get insight from players and guys who are in the trenches with these guys and kind of uh, go to war with them, if you will. And, it's a good and kind intermission of get their... too, because we've had a lot of stat guys on lately outside of Blake, outside of Blake Rogers, and you know now we've had a pitcher and a hitter on in the past couple weeks, and it's even better. Yep. yep. Uh, we have a couple more guys teed up, uh, ready to go for the next couple shows. Uh, we're probably going to give you a little more diversity with the guests. Uh, Especially when I'm thank you so much for about. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, folks. If you want to check us out, uh, the website is eastvillagetimes.com. Uh, the website's uh, Twitter handle is EVT underscore news. I am at EVT underscore J Clark. Austin is at Hartsfield PC. Uh, check us out. East Village Times podcast is signing out.